0: Hello, and welcome to the Sandy and Al talk to each other podcast
1: hour. Hey, aren't we asked the poor Guy and Ask the poor Girl? We are. Or are we just, Sal, Sal and Andy talking to each other? Al and Sandy talking, huh? We've been known to be called Salandy, or Alandy, or...
0: Let's just go with Team Awesome and call it a day. I went to pick up a piece of furniture yesterday from Facebook Marketplace. When I got there, it was a husband and wife. They were helping me put it in the car and the husband had a name tag on, hi, my name is awesome. And she had a name tag on, hi, I'm a winner or something. And I thought, how cute, they must have been to a function or a picnic or something. But no, apparently they were just cleaning the basement, came across some old labels, and their kids found them, so they made name tags. And I commented on it, which I guess they had gotten a few comments that day. I'm not sure how many people they saw, but that's really cool. What if you just started each day with the outlook that, hey, call me awesome. I am
1: awesome. My name is awesome. awesome." Mm -hmm.
0: I really found it delightful.
1: We certainly live in a world that doesn't provide enough of that. And I would agree. If we could remind ourselves every day, each and every day, every moment how awesome this experience is, just just to be alive. Reminds me of a, an amazing story that happened just the other day. We had just one of those struggles. Friday was just a struggle, the heat, but then we were pumping, we were shooting concrete, and pumping just everything that could have possibly happened, happened, and we were exhausted. There were five of us in the, in the group, on the team working, and we were just wiped out. But we were able to finish and at the end of the day, we were loading back up and Jessie looked at me and she goes, Wow, something about, wow, we were able to get through it or whatever and through it was just difficult, whatever. And she looks at me and she goes, yeah, dad, but we're alive. And she said it out really loud like I had done at the team meeting the night before is, we're alive. And when you recognize that through all of the, just hardship, the things that you go through, we are blessed to have this experience of being alive. Now, oftentimes it does and always feel, feel like a blessing. It feels like a curse or it feels like a challenge and all of us have different things. But no matter what it is that we go through, it's all perspective and it's perception. And as long as we view it as just an event as something happening, something we're going through, and we can look at it with this, these eyes of amazement that we're alive what a mind shift and that was just a good thing because we had all struggled and we were all just beat tired and just wanted to be done but we knew we had a job to finish none of us were grumbling we were all tired but that perspective was amazing here she's 21 years old and said yeah but we're alive i thought that was just really cool because it summed up all of us i know by the time we each got into our vehicles we were just wiped out just played out and yet there was enough inside of each of us to recognize yeah we're still alive you know how amazing that is and I think if we could just going back to where you started if we could just remind ourselves my name is awesome I am awesome I am cool I am I'm whatever what an amazing place we would live in I mean we live in yummy we live in a great place because every day we choose to remind each other and to remind ourselves how awesome this experience of living is. We're in the pool business. We're doing fun, creative stuff that also has a lot of technical bullshit, not so fun, not so exciting, replacing pumps, heaters, filters, lights, backfilling dirt, and you know, just stuff that you go, there It's not all about the final decoration of making something look really pretty and someone going, wow, you're awesome. There's a lot of stuff that goes behind it, but we choose every day to look at every one of those pieces and say, we're alive. We get to do this. We are honored and able and capable of having fun every, every given day to do something like this. So it was really kind of a cool perspective. And it, it really starts with what those customer, those people that you had gone to pick up that thing, they just had this great reminder and they used it, which was really cool. They did. And I'm eating cheese, so you better keep going. For those
0: of you who wonder what's going on in the background with this slurpy, sticky sound, Al has made himself a gourmet plate of cheese.
1: Well, I found a whole bunch of chunks of cheese in the refrigerator and decided to melt them all into one big, gloppy mess and then nibble on them. So, yes.
0: That part may or may not be edited out of the final podcast product. Oh,
1: leave it in there.
0: Our team meeting this week was really interesting for me. As you may know, we do team meetings every week. We used to do them every other week. Well, we used to not do team meetings. And then we would try to kind of get everybody on the same page for projects and kind of tell everybody what they needed to know as they knew it. And it was not what it is today. So a couple of years ago, we started doing team meetings every other week. It was a great way to get everybody together, kind of if you're on the service team versus construction team versus in the office, it was a time for everybody to just hang out together. Team building, you know, we always try to learn something, we always try to play a game and have fun and then share fun facts and good news and just kind of, you know, get to know each other a little bit in a non-on-the-job sort of way. So. We started doing team meetings every other week and then we did team meetings and management meetings and then this year we just went to team meetings every week that way we don't have to remember is it this week is it not this week and everybody comes they get to eat dinner it's on us and then we have fun and do things so this week's activity is something that a form of it should happen a lot more often than it does in Our team meetings, also just in life Mm -hmm. in general. I had found online just a piece of paper and it said 40 reasons that we love, and then there was a blank for somebody's name. And I think that it was originally meant for maybe birthday party celebrations or something when somebody turns 40, but I sometimes bookmark ideas like that. And I happened to print out these sheets and I had them ready for the meeting. So when it came time for us to of do an activity everybody got a sheet they put their name on it and then we passed it to the person on our right and everybody had a couple of minutes to write down as many things or as many of the spaces as they could fill in and then we switched until they went all the way around the table and then everybody sent them over to me so i could redistribute them and i kind of shouted out a couple things for each person as i was passing them back it's really interesting to do activities like that and I do wish that people did them more often because it's very profound and humbling and like warm and fuzzy feel-good inspiring when you can read what people put down when given just a couple of minutes to think about okay why is this person awesome what is something I've seen how do they make me feel what do I appreciate about them And from reading mine, I can tell you a few of the things on there were very surprising to me that somebody would share them because everybody has a little bit different communication style. And with some people, you always know exactly how they feel all the time because they say it. And then several of the other personality types are a lot more reluctant to share and they don't always volunteer that information. and it's really really nice to kind of you know get that feedback and it's it's somewhat anonymous although everybody wrote so you can kind of tell through handwriting who's who who. and a few of them you know i read mine and i was pretty much in tears because there were several people who had mentioned things that you know it's just nice that somebody noticed it or or it it. made Mm -hmm. me look at something in a new way and like oh wow that's interesting like I hadn't thought of that before so it was a great reminder to do that more often and it was a great activity because a lot of helpful insights come from those helpful and inspiring and uh, somewhat humbling
1: here's something that profound that happened to me as a result of that experience was it forced me to think about the team the people on the team that I don't know very well. Now, some of the team members I know really well, they're family, they're intimate, they're close, and I could just spew off a thousand things that I think they're awesome about. But it forced me think to think about those people that I don't interact with every single day and say, why do I love them? What about them? Maybe they're brand new to the team, so I barely know them, or... They've been around for a short period of time, but I haven't interacted very much or I haven't had a lot of verbal communication with. And it forced me to go, what do I love about this person? And it was really interesting because I could look and go, wow, they're really fill in the blank. There was a lot of kind of profound moments of these kids are awesome. You know, they're coming in, thrown into this kind of crazy, goofy, non-corporate, just eclectic company and they're just thriving. They just throw their hand in to do whatever it takes and we're a pool company who they might find themselves painting a house or they might find them whatever because we're not that traditional pool company. We're not, that's not our focus. Our focus is being an awesome company that happens to do pools. So that was kind of a profound moment for me was to think about, different people in a different way. And then I realized some people, even people close to me, were easy to just start rattling stuff off with. And others that are close to me that are so near and dear and I love so much, it wasn't so easy to just put down on paper those words that that I, that I feel. So it was kind of profound, you know, on our end, let alone, team members sharing with each other here's we the leaders of the team continually doing these activities with them but having for me profound shifts happening in my life just recognizing some of those things that were happening and i thought that was really cool i i can only imagine what happened in their lives as well as they really stopped to think about making comment about about other people but for me it was it was pretty profound
0: yeah Those are the kinds of words that somebody, like, people could go through life without ever having 40 awesome things or 10 awesome things written down on a piece of paper. Like, that's something that you could frame and put on a wall. It's something you could put in a scrapbook or it's something that you can read and then, like, hold close to your heart. And wow, wouldn't the world just be a better place if we all remembered? to do that more often and some people are really good at verbalizing that all the time and I know Al that you with the members of our team and with your family and your girls and those around you you are very verbal with your appreciation and I know that I'm not always as verbal I do always try to say that I appreciate people and if I ask them to do something I'm I I very much thank them but I'm not as Quick to just throw that out every day just in general conversation. and you know there's there's no right or wrong. we each have our own style and we each show things in different ways. but that's something that I just I wish that everybody could experience at some point to that level because it's magical.
1: I can tell you, having witnessed you and how the team responds to you, and though you may not use those words they all feel it. Every single one of them feels every day how amazing you are. So just because you don't verbally hug them every day, you subconsciously hug them every minute. There's something different there that I've watched. I I think probably everybody in the group at some point this summer, just be in awe of you from the little comments like like the one on your sheet saying you know when Jesse wrote down that you love my Ellie as much as I do those little things are huge because she didn't say that about her dad loving her dog like that she said that about you and I you know I it's amazing that we all have our own styles in terms of how we communicate and for me mine is certainly more verbal and I love to wrap my arms around and touchy-feely hug everybody. And, and I would hug every single one of them as they walk through the door. Male, female, old, young. I don't care. That's just kind of who I am. But there's an essence about you that does that same thing. So don't cut yourself short at all. Because the essence of Sandy is what hugs them every single day. Case in point. Our eldest member of the team this week came in it was early in the morning and he goes because you know I was I was thinking obviously I'm talking about Ricky Bob how generous Sandy is I said you know and, and, and I didn't even know where he was going with it but it just sort of came out of a this just weird morning place of you know, we weren't talking about anything, but I think he walked in here and he realized that you kind of just open and pour your heart out to people. And he made a comment about how, for most people in the world, buying Schwann's food is an experience, you know, because it's expensive, it's this, it's that, it's whatever. And he made the comment that you open your heart to everybody and say, here's this really good food, this really good whatever. And it was kind of one of those moments of, wow. What we don't recognize because you just, the Schwanz guy walks in, you buy a bunch of shit, give him the credit card or however you pay for it, and it's here for the team to eat, drink, whatever. It was a really amazing moment when he did that. It wasn't, It wasn't. there was no poo-pooing in this at all. It was sort of this, Profound realization that we've created a culture. And when I say we, I clearly mean you. I'm going to drag myself on the coattails of this, but it's you doing all of that. And I watch, I watch every day. It's it's rather kind of funny because I get here early when there's all kinds of people and they'll all go to the refrigerator. And someone will walk out with two monsters in their hand and someone will walk out. And you know what? What you're doing is you're refreshing them throughout the day. That they don't have to stop and spend $2 every time to buy a Monster drink or buy a whatever. They come in here and they grab a couple of these and a handful of those and they go about their day. Anywhere else in the world, they would have to stop at the grocery store or stop at the party store and spend some stupid amount of money to make sure they had a Monster or two or a Diet Pepsi or a Diet Coke or a whatever. But they're comfortable enough to walk in here. And just rummage, I I don't know how many times I've walked in to see someone rummaging through that cupboard right there, knowing that there's snacks there. And that's because you've created the culture that says, this is why you exist, this is why you're here as part of our company. Is that we're honoring you enough to take care of your needs so that you don't have to work for us and then take care of yourself. You're working for us and we're gonna take care of you while you're working for us. And then here it is. There's this place, there's this home base that you can come to that you will always be safe and always be nurtured and always be fed and always be taken care of. Who in the world, name a company, there's just a handful and we could probably name a few, that would ever treat their people that way to say, anytime you come here you are completely taken care of not just financially but we're gonna feed you we're gonna just literally love on you each and every day that's the thing that you do each and every day whether you know it or not when people walk through that door whether you're at home whether you're on an appointment you're loving on them every every moment they walk in here It's pretty profound What do you have to say to that?
0: It's cool to hear those stories. Because I'm not often here first thing in the morning when people come in. <laughs> so that's good.
1: Yeah. It's it's neat to see. We live in a really stingy world, a world where companies think it's all about them and their employees are purely for the benefit of benefiting the company, having nothing to do with the personal lives of the people around. And they want to squeeze whatever they can out of them and maximize the dollars and make as much as they can as fast as they can and give as little back to the employees as possible. And yet this is such an opposite environment. It's so hard to try to discuss. It's so hard to try to just to describe if you haven't been in it. And I've been on both sides of that coin and this side of the coin is so much better. We've had tough times. But tough times don't last, tough people do. And I think when we've recognized that Tony Robbins said I just saw a recent interview and he was talking about he tells a great story how he was 22 years old and he had nothing he, he didn't even have the money to pay for his apartment that month and he had $22 left to his name or $24 $25 left to his name and he said he was eating at a restaurant and paid he was he was watching this little boy this little boy walked in with his mother and the little boy was so attentive to his mom and he pulled out the chair for her and he gave her her napkin and he did all he was doing all kinds of stuff for his mother and Anthony Robbins talks about how he oops he dropped a water tank oh. off his truck Anthony Robbins talks about how he watched this little boy just take care of his mama and Anthony Robbins had like he said 24 25 bucks to his name and he went and paid his bill and his bill was like six dollars for lunch at that time and he all the money he had left was in his pocket he said he had 17 18 19 bucks and he walked to.
0: Is he gonna need help putting it back up there?
1: He might. I'm to go help him.
0: I don't know. Should we? I
1: can do that. I'll tell the story when I get back. Okay. Do you want me to come help too? No. We're
0: okay. So as we're sitting here, we're hearing tires yeah. screeching and driving past this magical place we call the mansion. There's a guy who had some kind of a water tank on the back of his truck, and he. Uh, pulled up and down the road. He was backing up and obviously it fell out so uh, hopefully he and Al can lift it back in place on this hugely hot day of the summer. So I really love when I hear stories and I hear the feedback of how I affect other people because you know there are some people who say it out loud all the time and Al's definitely a person who wears his heart on his sleeve and you know how he's feeling about you and you know because he's very much edifying those around him and I I guess I tend to have my own way about it and it's really nice to get that feedback and there's certain personalities that definitely don't share as freely as others and if you've heard us talk about Personalities, the phlegmatic is super loyal, but they're also super quiet and they don't necessarily tell you how they're feeling. And one of the things that our sheets of the 40 things I love about you one of the things that did is it gave our phlegmatics an opportunity to share kind of what they see or what they admire or appreciate in other people. And some of those mean the most. A sanguine is always going to tell you how they feel. A choleric will definitely tell you when they need to be telling you because they're just kind of like that. And then uh, the melancholies often have a glass is half empty approach to life. It's just the way they're wired so you hear it a little bit. Uh, And then the phlegmatics you don't tend to hear from just because they tend to hold their close to their chest and they don't share and they don't show. And sometimes those are the most profound things to find out. So yeah, when Jesse had said that I love her Ellie as much as she does that's significant for sure. So there's a lot of uh, fun insights that came from there. Building a team is really interesting because you have so many different personalities and everybody kind of has needs that are different. They either need to be communicated with in a certain way or they need certain information and some people don't need that much information to, you know, go about their day. And sometimes people are, I don't know, unsure of kind of where their path is going to take them as an adult or what they're gonna do for work and things like that. And one of the things that Kaylee had written on my page was that I found something that I love. And do I love pools? I can love pools. Do I love other things? Absolutely. And at the same time, finding out what people need and being able to kind of jump in front of them with it, whether or not they're expecting it or they know that's happening. That's one of the things that I really like. So I think that it doesn't matter what I do. It matters that I do that. So that's just awesome. the note of people being awesome, I'm watching Al now helping this guy. They got the water thing back on the truck. He's standing out there in his sweatshirt and seriously, in the last couple days, we've had like the hottest, most humid days of the year and we are in mid-September, which I don't know. Maybe it's normal, maybe it's not normal, but it's been crazy hot and I'm watching him out there in his sweatshirt helping this guy. Now they're in a big conversation. Not surprising. Alice trained most of the people on our team to wear their sweatshirts at all times during the summer. So that's kind of crazy. He says it regulates his temperature and he can work longer because of it, which he works an incredible amount. So that's what works for him. I can tell you that I have not worn a sweatshirt all summer. And I prefer it slightly polar bearish temperatures when it's so incredibly hot outside so that's not me but on the subject of those sweatshirts there is some secret magic to those sweatshirts that people wear them until they are falling apart like Al said his friend Mo has one of his sweatshirts and like his face is molting because it's been put through the wash so many times and people on our team wear them until there's like nothing left there's just something so cool about the energy that we've created here and you know it's about ask the pool guy and it's about Al but it's not and that hard to put into words hard to explain exactly what that kind of magic is but it's priceless and and just simply magical hopefully people can glimpse that in part with the pirate tv show living legendary that we put together and just shout out to katie on that one because she is doing a dynamite job of now the filming is mostly finished there's a few more segments that have to be filmed and she was on the job all day, every day, documenting and capturing what's going on there. And she is able to see the big picture and tell the big picture because she so intimately knows our style, kind of the culture of everybody who's on the team, and how it all comes together because she's been an integral part of the team for so long. And I had a renewed sense of appreciation for her yesterday because as you've heard us talk about before we have been approached in the past by production companies who wanted to put together a show and it was like hugely flattering to even be called or considered and when we had gone through that process you know that we talked it through and we decided what something would need to look like for us to do it. And that opportunity, not coming from the outside, we decided we should just make it happen from the inside. So we have been. I happened to turn the TV on yesterday, and on an obscure cable television channel, there's a pool show. And I hadn't watched this pool show yet, but I had heard of it. So I thought, okay, I should watch it and see what's going on. And all shows featuring swimming pools are amazing because they're talking about the industry and people's relationship with their pools and yet it's so completely different than what we do and as I was watching the show they do a pool in every 30-minute episode plus commercials so I think the show itself probably has I don't know a total of 16 minutes of actual footage of these pools going in and They're pretty and they have cool features, but there's not that storytelling that comes through these episodes and there's not the kind of feelings that these pools create. They're very kind of outward appearance capturing, you know, kind of what's going on. So as I was watching the show, I was a little bit confused because I thought I knew who the main characters in the show were going to be and I wasn't seeing those. So I was Googling it on my phone. And looking up kind of Who is it supposed to be about and that type of thing? And what I did notice is in every 30-minute show there was a pool or two featured There was a different production company and there were different kind of characters or different pool companies that were building the pools And I don't quite have it all figured out how that came together Um, but then I was kind of reading the job description For one of the shows and I can really appreciate this because they were putting out a call for helpers and that what they needed helpers for was in the local pool market where they were building the pools they needed kind of amateur photographer or videographers who could be ready at a moment's notice because they were local to the area who could jump in their car and get to the job to be able to start filming and the job description was so crazy that it said that we need local people, you need to have a camera, and basically you need to be able to turn it on. Because the technical skills they listed were must-have passable technical skills. So they weren't even looking for like good technical skills. They were looking for a live person with a camera. Which did come through a little bit in the show's production. So I mentioned to Katie that she's doing a, an amazing job. Of kind of blending everything together. Um, you'll definitely get to know my editing style when you watch the other in real life clips pretty much because I have a lot of things that I do and I do put content out and I don't worry about it being smooth and perfected because I know that the importance is getting the content out so you'll know the difference between my clips and Katie's clearly. But I found that funny and the other thing that I found funny in the job description was that they said in the description that we've come to understand that pool companies don't wait for the crew to get there to begin working for the day. So we need people that can just be ready on the fly. And that's, I kind of laugh, but that's really the way that the pool company is. There's a lot of interesting factors that go into building swimming pools and making a swimming pool business function that are different than other types of businesses that are either year round or not as weather dependent, or just not the same. I would have to do some thinking about it to find some comparative industries where you're working outside in the elements 100% of the time. You're not fabricating things inside warehouses or in factories and delivering them to the job site. You're fabricating on site. And some of the materials that you place when you put in the concrete, shot shotcreting that type of thing, you are doing it on the job. So weather is a factor, how hot it is, how cold it is, whether or not you're getting rain, whether or not it's snowing, or, you know, those are just all kinds of crazy things. But anyway, so some of the things that we've come to learn through the making of our show are things that are present everywhere that they're attempting to make a pool show. And I did tell Katie that ours is going to tell a story like no other story has been told. That's something very exciting. Unknown caller. That I hope you tune in for. Hi Al, you're
1: back. I am back. So we're sitting here in the office and we're recording this and one of our neighbors that has some property behind us dropped a water tank on the road as he made a turn his brakes locked up so I went out to help him reload his water tank onto the back of his truck anyway what I was talking about was Tony Robbins Tony Robbins tells a story of when he was young, he was 22 years old, had nothing, couldn't, had no job, had no future, had no idea how he was going to make the next dollar or the next thousand dollars or the next hundred dollars. He had nothing. He had roughly $25 left to his name and he had gone out for lunch and he watched this little boy come in with obviously the little boy's mother. And the little boy was so attentive to his mother, and he pulled out her chair, and he doted over her, and he took care of her during lunch. When Anthony Robbins finished eating, he paid his bill, which he said was somewhere around six bucks, which left him with six, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen 18, 19 bucks, whatever it was. And he said, "He, I hadn't thought about it. I hadn't uh, planned it. He said, but I walked over to that table. And he said young man i've been watching how attentive you are to your date you need to make sure that you're taking her to lunch and the little boy said but i'm nine years old i don't have a job i don't have the money and anthony robbins said well you do now son and he reached into his pocket and he gave him the last of his money 17 18 19 bucks whatever it was and he said take your date to lunch and the little boy said "But, but it's my mom and Anthony said well that's all the more important to do that and he walked out of there and he said he never felt so profound in his life that when he had nothing he gave what he had and what he realized was he got home and he opened up the mail and he said the guy there was a guy that he had lent 1,200 his last $1,200 to he lent it to a friend who he had been trying to call to get paid back because he was desperate to pay his own rent. And the guy was avoiding his call and avoiding his call and avoiding his call. And he got home and he opened the mail. And then there was a letter from this guy saying, I've been avoiding you. I know I owe you money. Well, here it is with interest. And the guy had sent him a check with interest. And Anthony Robbins knew At the moment that he had nothing and like he said in the interview he said when you have nothing it's more important to give than anything else because when you give you receive and i think that goes to everything that's happened with our lives is the more we give what's the result the more we receive so when you sandy set up the culture in the work environment in the workplace That is just continually giving and loving on the people that are here. I do it in the field as much as I can by giving and paying and doing and buying lunch and anything else that I can do. But you do it as a whole cultural thing. It makes a difference. And everybody responds accordingly. Which is pretty awesome. It is. So what Anthony Robbins said was, when you have nothing, it's really important to give. Of course, and then when you have a lot, it's important to give even more.
0: So speaking of Anthony Robbins, we were able to see him this year as one of our kind of random opportunities that came up. He was going to be speaking out in Seattle. So we booked four tickets and took Karen and Mark and Al and I went out to the event. The timing was interesting because we had to make it back in time for something and I don't know, the day kind of didn't go as planned, however, we were able to kind of be in the front row at a Tony Robbins event to experience that. and. There were a couple other speakers there as well. Robert Hershevek from Shark Tank and from Dancing with the Stars was there. He was interesting to listen to. And then uh, in a disappointing for me turn of events, but really, I guess, profound and shifty for someone like Karen, who it was the first time that he really made her radar. I know she's heard us talk about him in the past, but it, he probably wasn't relevant to her. Uh, he was in on some virtual reality Who's he? Um, video. Uh, what do you call those three-dimensional? Um, yeah,
1: holographic
0: holograms. Yeah, so I, who I thought he was going to be there in person, Gary Vaynerchuk, but he was hologram form and and interesting in his own way, because I think Karen heard a few things from him that kind of hit home for her and about kind of um, putting what you do out to the world and not being afraid and different things like that because Karen is one of our lead on-site artists together with Al kind of coming up with these magical places but she also has so much talent that the world doesn't know about yet so she's a writer um, she's actually an English literature major and every given day
1: degree in r- creative uh, like writing. a master's
0: yeah a master's degree in creative writing mm. and she yet is up to her elbows in dirt and cement and sand and concrete I have yet you know, I'm even afraid to use the words concrete and cement wrong now because of the difference anyway so you'll find her on the job and you wouldn't know unless you talked to her and got to know that a little bit that she does that she also has an amazing skill of making characters so she molds clay into characters and she calls them her guys they tend to be mostly male that she kind of sculpts although I do know that she's done some female done sculpting as well but she kind of creates out of her imagination these characters and they get names and they get personalities and i think she's developed stories about most of them if not all of them i'm sure in her head as she's creating them and that's something that she just she kind of does because it's in her but the world doesn't necessarily no. know about that
1: mm-hmm. either yeah she's tremendously creative her mind is always going always creating something and developing a new idea
0: so That's a side tangent to the story of we took Mark and Karen (laughs) to, Mm -hmm. you know, go and do that because, because we can.
1: Yeah, I think that, uh, Bob, what are you doing? That's your cheese plate. I think it all comes down to making decisions and and then doing something about it. As we've learned to make decisions and then live with the decisions, the results have been astounding. By changing the way we think about the world, the world has changed. The world didn't change and then we changed our thoughts. We changed our thoughts and the world changed. Whether it's it's regarding pools or pool customers or who we want to service or who we want to be or what we hope that our people that work for us are like when we changed our perception and our perspective, all of them changed. And I think that's a profound thing for all of us to recognize that no matter what it is we do in life, we bring the most important part to the table, which is our consciousness. And when we change our perspective, everything changes an interesting conversation yesterday and that was part of it was when you change who you are, the world changes. The world expects the world to change and then they'll change, but the reality is when the person changes, the world changes. Not when the world changes, the person changes. And that was the conversation I had with with a particular person that you know you have to bring the change. And when you change your view of the world, the, the world changes to it to the better. And that's something that we have seen in everything we do, in every project we build, in every customer we meet. Is that when we change our perception, the, percep- the reality changes. That's why it's so important to love on people. That's why it's so important for us to keep a culture of growth, both, per- both personally, professionally, and within the organization. <laughs> Is how can we be a better company every day? How can we help our people be better every day? How can we surround ourselves with things that make us feel good? Because when we feel good, we treat people better. When we do things better, things are better. I mean look at you you were talking about katie in the tv show all of that is just creating a better world for all of us why wouldn't we want that why wouldn't anybody want a better world a lot of people just don't know that they can have it but the reality is they can they just have to choose it and i choose that every day if i can I can
0: yeah this is a pretty incredible life I'm having every day and so much has changed in such a short time just you know life is what you put your attention toward And as we've learned how to put our attention toward things, kind of individually and collectively, it is just awe-inspiring the things that can happen and the changes that can happen. When we started podcasting, we were at our, we like to move a lot. And one of the reasons I think we like to move our physical location a lot is because that keeps us in this kind of perpetual startup mindset. It's a new space, it's a fresh canvas, it's a new opportunity. And when we started podcasting, we were in our, it was after the super secret hideout, so we had location number one, then we had location number two, and then we had a super secret hideout, and then after the super secret hideout, we moved into the lower level of a building that we were renting. And in that building, and so when we came out of the super secret hideout, it's because we had shifted our thinking and we had decided to kind of get a new take on kind of what we were doing and then we needed the new space. And then in that new space, that's when we started our marketing club. And that's when we started podcasting seriously. I don't even know how do we podcast before in the other location. That's really where I remember well, doing in, the in most the of it. In the super secret
1: hideout, which is really funny because it was technically an office space, but when we say super secret hideout, people probably assume that means like in the basement of our house or something. Yeah, no. No, we we had an office space and, and in the super secret hideout, we just didn't I tell anybody go, where
0: it was except super live. S- secret people. Oh, that's when we did live streaming.
1: I did live streaming. Yeah. And we started live streaming about swimming pools and sort of played and dabbled in that space. And that's where we shot some of the videos that have gotten the most oh views. my
0: goodness how do you know when it's time to change, change the sand, sand in the your filter, filter. Mm-hmm. our most popular of all time video ever
1: with many hundred thousand views was shot in the super secret hideout it was so we were doing some of that but we hadn't really podcasted we'd done some live stream i think we'd picked an hour every every once a week i would go live yeah and just talk lot about questions swimming pools just drone on about anything pool related and then we moved to the next location and i do think that is in fact where we started podcasting and we started really forming the story of who we are because if you remember that profound shift that happened with me in that social media for ceos meeting that was in the first location and it took moving to the second location and then moving to the secret hideout and that is when the shit started sh- shifting yeah it was actually at the second place just before we moved to the super secret hideout and then while we we're at the super secret hideout that we were formulating what a company could be based on how we felt about life remember just Mm-hmm. Just deciding that let's only do what we love for people we can love and enjoy what we do and, and not all to of say, those things.
0: Not to say we didn't have a false step because we did have a false step when we, we, did. we did made have a false an step. effort to make the phones ring. We put out a rock small price <laughs> for services, and what we learned through that is we could make the phones ring. It wasn't super satisfying, and. 98% of the people that we attracted during that time were simply price shoppers never to be seen or heard from again.
1: Which we learned from. But we no, did we keep did a learn. couple.
0: But it was valuable lessons that mm-hmm. we learned
1: at the mm-hmm. time. I think we needed that to understand that we knew that we, we knew how to make the phone ring and we knew what people were looking for and that was just validation.
0: We also found Mark again during that time. So Mark... Our head service guy had worked for the company when he was small
1: young growing up
0: super young you know his dad rick is al's brother so there's that connection and rick's kind of floated in and out of the pool business from time to time and he's been more steady lately which is awesome because he's such a morale and on the job just uplifter every Mm -hmm. day so during that experiment um it actually wasn't mark who I think spurred that on, but Mark's brother, Ricky, who had wanted to kind of give this opportunity a go, so he and Mark became a team, and Ricky learned it wasn't for him, and I think it reopened the door for Mark to the point where I'm not even sure how it officially happened that Mark just came back and became Mm -hmm. an integral part And then Mark self selected by taking on more of the jobs, more of the responsibility. He was learning in his downtime. He was learning how to do things by Googling it and watching videos after work and
1: taking online classes and taking online classes and and
0: getting certified in pool stuff that he didn't even tell me about for like years until we finally found out that he had done this just to better himself and his amount of knowledge and he has become an integral part of what we do so a lot of things came out of that super secret hideout and it you know kind of must have re-inspired him somehow that this could be a, a serious thing for him and wow am I glad that it did as our service division this year is on track breaking
1: records records mm -hmm, for mm -hmm.
0: kind of productivity but more important than that profitability Mm -hmm. all while saying no to most a lot of the calls that come in because we've learned what our sweet spot is we've learned what our capacity is and we don't go beyond that I was talking with someone this week who may be able to join us in the spring as a full-time fixture here in the office which would be amazing and i said one of the things that you have to get really good at is telling people no while giving them some options of somewhere else they can go because that's a little disheartening for people who have been in environments where the customers always right and you say yes to everything it can be very difficult to kind of change that philosophy to We are awesome, we work with awesome people, and we do things that are in our core service offering. And while our heart may go out to people who are having other challenges and while we may have the skills and abilities that would allow us to work with them, because we've gotten so specific in our certain way and what we're really meant to be doing, that means that we do have to say no to a lot of people and it it can hurt some people to have to say no, yet that's when you become so clear in your certain way that you know without a doubt when things fit and when they don't. And when you don't second guess, that's your path. That's when amazing stuff happens. And, you know, that's part of the track that we're on with service with Mark and just going crazy well. And that's also how we were able to have this pirate pool TV show culminate the way that it did, because we got so super clear on the type of construction projects that we wanted, to the point that Al started collecting pirates, not knowing why, but saying, there will be a pool that will come up someday, and the pirates are going to be the theme, and at that point, we would have never had any wildest imagination conversation that we'd be building a pirate pool with Three thousand skulls in it because like that was a foreign concept and yet here we are almost wrapping filming we have the party coming up and the party bus to go out and visit the pirate pool to kind of put all the final pieces in place for the show that's in production and just a huge shift once again in the trajectory of what we're doing
1: it is amazing I'm just sitting here thinking and listening to what you're saying and you're just sort of telling our history story and how real and true it is and you know think about it that first time I bought that pirate and you had to kind of scratch your head like what and yet in the same token you knew why you knew that there would be a reason that it would make sense at some point and I just started collecting and lo and behold it did show up. And that's that power of really understanding, you know, understanding the why, why you do what you do. And I had fun in the collecting. And yet knowing that the collecting wasn't for me, they were never owned by me, owned by us. They were owned for a reason that was bigger than both of us. So we had them in our possession temporarily, these pirates, because they were fully intended and designed to be part of a project. And that's kind of a cool way of living because it allows us to just think beyond the normal, buy beyond the normal because we know that it's going to go beyond the normal and it's going to be owned by someone beyond the normal. And that's what happened with all those pirates. Those pirates ended up in an amazing place that if an inanimate object, and these are fiberglass and resin pirates, if they had a voice, they would say, thank you for putting us there. (laughs) Thank you for creating this environment that we can thrive forever. I mean, as goofy as that sounds, that these fiberglass things would have a these fiberglass characters would have a, a voice, I imagine they would say thank you. That well, you've surrounded us with the environment that we love and that we can live out our existence our and our eternity here.
0: Everything has energy and people might look at me funny when I say that, but I often do about kind of decorating, and if you've been in our spaces, you kind of know what I mean. But some things just sit there for a very long time until there's a moment, and then something tells me what it wants to be or what it needs there. And in our offices, or our business home, we should call it, everything here is here because it... Kind of is intended to be here but then it's all ready to go if it needs to be deployed elsewhere if it needs to go live with someone else because it brings them a certain spark of joy or if it needs to be included in a project because that's where it needs to be everything holds energy so the things in our space are meant to enhance our energy while we're around them and then when it's time they kind of move on to fulfilling that next thing so there's just something really interesting about having that type of a connection to things.
1: Well, we bring that when we recognize that everything does have energy. Maybe we put the voice to it. Maybe we put the character to it. And maybe that that's what makes us crazy or nuts or wacko but when we recognize by feel that everything kind of does have a voice and it does have a place and it does have a thing that it wants to do whether it's a, a table or are whether it's are we
0: crazy or is well or it, are it doesn't who matter don't get i mean, it. We, are they crazy we
1: could be seen as crazy yes but when
0: you hang out with all no, people no when you who, hang out
1: with people that understand get and get it. it it doesn't matter yeah and the reality is when we live in this lovely amazing yummy space of awe and every day feeling awe. Think think about the spaces that we've created over the years. Not just this one, the last one, the one before. They all sort of held an energy and a feel about them. Now probably 50 percent, 50 or 60 percent of the people that would walk in would never recognize it because their their assumption is everything should be beige or white. So as soon as there's color, as soon as there is activity, Their mind just can't wrap themselves around it. But the rest of the people were drawn in and hugged and loved. And realized the space can do that because it all has energy. It all has feeling. And we may seem a little wacky. We may seem a little weird about it. But the space says everything it needs to say. And that's why building pools, the way we build pools, happens the way they do is... The space literally tells us what it needs. And the ideas are created because of the space itself. Living from that space instead of from the how can I design something to fit space is amazing. And that's where I find myself. I get to do and be and have and enjoy every single day. And create for people these really cool spaces these really cool pools these really cool and fun environments and I just get to sort of let the space tell me what it wants to be and then I just build it and it's very cool which is I think what you do here at the office is you let the space just sort of tell you what it wants and over time we start with a lot of stuff and next thing you know it's all in place and it it is what it needs to be and it takes some time, and there's nothing wrong with that. Just like our projects take time to develop. This office is taking time, but it's magical and amazing when you're in it.
0: Well, on that note, I do believe that our storytelling hour has come to an end at 1 hour and 1 minute and 57 seconds so on that note we'll chat with you again next time
1: and thank you for being here with us